on some rappers. My jersey up too high in the rafters. I got a frog team, new knife and a tractor. Still sipping that bullshit. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's your boy, Survival. Probably, a, you know, different sort of voice that you're hearing. Welcome to the Moonlighters Club, where we interview aspiring entrepreneurs who are paying their bills by, by day, you know, pursuing their passions by night and, uh, you know, learning about those folks who are going to be the next crop of, of, you know, CEOs and who are uh, pushing the envelope in uh, entrepreneurship. So with that said, I want to introduce someone who I just met moments ago. You know, I'm going to keep it a hundred. <laughs> I have not met this man before. So everything that, you know, it's going to be a really genuine interview where we're learning a lot about each other. He is the co-founder of Drink Noka, Galen Hand. What's going on, Galen? Hey, man. Great to great to be on here. Thanks for having me. And although we, we met moments ago, I'm sure this conversation is going to be fluid, dynamic, and, and full of lots of lots of laughs and hopefully some good info for your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Galen, you know, I, I mentioned off mic, I'm a performer, I'm a rapper, you know, in, in and around the, the Boston area, I produce events, one most notably called Summerfest. And I think there, there could be, it's like some good synergy, you know, upcoming, you know, I, I, I feel it in my bones, you know, as far as how this interview is going to play out, but where, where are you and where are you from? Yeah, so I'm I'm actually from New England. I'm, I'm I was born and raised in Portland, Maine, and I went to college in New Hampshire. But I'm based in South Boston now, and yeah, no, honestly, man, we love doing stuff with performers. We love any sort of you know activation where we can you know get a group of people together, have them try our product, have a good time. Like that's what we're all about. I love Portland. It's a lot of good food there. Yeah, a lot of great drink. Good food, good beer. You know, it's a it's a really good time. Haven't been there in a while, but. I hope to get back there soon. You said you went to uh, went to college in New Hampshire. Where where was that? Yeah, so Portland's a blast for those those of you who haven't been there. A lot of good food, great beer. It's gorgeous. It's called Vacation Land for a reason. So definitely recommend going. Summer is is a lot better than winter. Love the beer there. So I went to college with at, at UNH University in New Hampshire. I, I that's where actually where I met my you know two of my best friends who are now my business partners, which. You know, I'm sure we'll get into, but study business there and, and then went off to the workforce shortly after. And, and what were you doing in the workforce? Like, were you working with those guys? No. So, you know, I, I guess I took a little bit of a, you know, semi non-traditional path to become an entrepreneur, but I, I was actually an investment banker. I had interned in New York City the, the summer before my junior year. I'd interned in New York City at a, at a credit fund. So we, we invested in loans and, and, you know, stuff like that. And after that, I got a job as an investment banker out in Chicago, favorite city in the country. Again, great, great spot to mm. be and worked there for about two years. Really good experience, learned a ton. But one thing that was really cool for me was that a lot of the businesses we worked with that were our clients out there were founder owned. So, you know, these are companies that had been built to, excuse me, really substantial really substantial points in, in revenue and, and, you know, the size, the amount of employees, the scale of their businesses was, was pretty, pretty impressive. And, you know, it was very inspiring to see, you know, a guy or a gal who, who had grown their company from nothing to a, you know, a, a very large enterprise. And so to me, that was kind of a, you know, a fork in the road where I was like, all right, I can either continue on this finance path or I can, you know, I can say sayonara and, and, and go to, 
you know, go to the other side of the, you know, the fence, which is being an entrepreneur. And, you know, I was talking to Joel, you know, I, I know that traditionally the guests you guys have on here are folks who are, you know, one, have a full-time job and are, are doing something on the side, you know, but I, I'm, a, I guess I'm a little different in the sense that I actually, I had a full-time job and then I just completely jumped in the deep end, quit that completely. I didn't have an idea yet, didn't have a, a company I was going to start, but I quit because I knew that I was, you know, I knew that me and my two friends were, were going to come up with something. No. And, and that's, um, that, that's, I think that's a misnomer in terms of, you know, being a moonlighter, you know, we, we welcome, you know, all sorts of stories and, and w what we really want to highlight is like that passion and that pursuit for entrepreneurship. And, you know, it, we're definitely seeing that here, but that's, that's really interesting. How, when you quit, how long was it until you found that, you know, that idea that, that you wanted to pursue? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So when I quit, I quit in July, end of July of 2018. I took 10 days because I hadn't had a vacation in like two years. And so I took 10 days and just visited some family. So I started working on ideas, call it middle to end of August of 2018. I had a couple ideas within, I would say the first week to the first couple weeks. And I had the, the idea, I had the idea for NOCA within the first month. So, you know, I'm, let me know what you want to get into, but that's actually something that I've, I haven't really talked about ever, which is like how, how I approached the idea generation and due diligence side no. of things, because I think that that's obviously, you know, kind of the nitty gritty of how you come to like, no, let's do idea. it. Let's do it. Let's, let's get into nuts and bolts. Like how did, how did the, wh like, what is the genesis of NOCA and you know, how did it so, come about? Yeah. So let me, I'll, I guess I'll explain what NOCA is first. So NOCA, we made NOCA, it's a, we call it a bubble free boozy water. So it's essentially, you know, a lot of people, I don't necessarily, you know, a lot of people compare it to almost like a similar, like a hard seltzer or like a, a ready to drink cocktail, but just without the bubbles. So, you know, it's low calorie, low sugar, gluten-free, tastes unbelievably delicious. You know, comes in the sleek cans and mix packs. It's everything people want in like a light, refreshing alcoholic drink, but there's no carbonation. That was something that I think this the the, the alcoholic beverage industry was massively missing. It was a non-carbonated alternative to all the ready-to-drink cocktails out there. And and why no carbon? And so we well, so it, great again, great question. And that's kind of the that's kind of the the one of the thesis points to this product. And so I, I'll tell you what, I'll answer that question in a roundabout way through kind of explaining the process if yep. that works. Cool. So the way I, the way I went about this, like, listen, there's, there's, everybody comes to their ideas in different ways. Everybody does their diligence on the ideas in different ways. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about how I did it, but there's a million ways to skin a cat. So what I did, and this is probably going to sound a little psychotic to some people was I worked essentially all day, almost every day, just doing, like I broke down my weeks into idea generation and due diligence. So I essentially set aside eight to 12 weeks and from around 8 a.m. until call it 10 p.m. to midnight, I was just working at a desk, just either doing idea generation on new ideas or due diligence on ideas that I had thought up in the previous couple weeks. Right. So the first like two weeks was the first two weeks was like really heavy, like just idea generation. So, I mean, okay, where do you start there? I started with looking into high growth industries and industries with high profit margins. 
those are kind of the two places I started. So I just really started reading research reports, like going online, Googling, like, you know, consumer products, you know, cannabis is super high growth, you know, high growth beverages, protein bars, like a lot of these things that are that you like, you can just Google around for like 10 minutes and, and find, you know, people writing research reports about, you know, where they see products going or what, what, what industries or, or sub segments they see growing really quickly in the next two, three, five, seven years. So that was that first place I looked. And then I looked at high profit margins because obviously, you know, there's, there's certain businesses where you have to have massive amounts of capital because you're going to burn a huge amount of cash mm-hmm. in order to get the company jump started before you can really monetize it. Right. So it's like, if you're starting a tech company, unless you have a way to monetize it really early, or I think with, with some, you know, path to monetization, it's very easy, you know, a lot of those require a huge amount of labor up front, a huge amount of coding. And so like, there are pros and cons to all different types of businesses, but two that I was looking at was high growth and high profit margin. And so to get to NOCA, I started reading articles on the hard seltzer market. And this was in summer of 2018. So to give you some perspective, Hard Spiked Seltzer, the very first Hard Seltzer was launched in 2013 by Dave Holmes and Nick Shields. I've actually met Dave a couple times. He's a nice guy, very smart. And they were bought by Anheuser-Busch in 2016. 2016 was when Mark Anthony Brands launched White Claw and Boston Beer launched Truly, you know, the two 800-pound gorillas in the seltzer Mm -hmm. market nowadays. And and so everybody and their cousin who was above 21 was drinking the Hard Seltzer. Sometimes under. And was... I Sorry. said sometimes under, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. But in the amazing thing was, and I thought this was really interesting, was hard seltzer was stealing the lunch money from basically every category of alcohol. So they were taking consumers from beer. They were taking consumers from wine. They were taking consumers from liquor. They were taking consumers from light beer, craft beer. I mean, hard cider, you name it. Everybody, because it was a better for you light you could drink a bunch of them and not feel like shit the next day are, are we allowed to swear on here of course okay <laughs> cool. doesn't know they you don't feel like shit the next day and so i was like oh that's interesting and i always i i was reading articles on the growth and i thought it was cool and then you know i was 25 at that point and all of my friends were drinking the hard seltzers everybody i mean literally everybody and to me, I don't know, it just never really se- it seemed like something was missing because, you know, food and beverage is something you literally consume. So it's, it's you know, you, you want to enjoy what you're consuming. And I never drank seltzer water, like regular seltzer water, like growing up. And I never understood. I know people love it. Like, you know, my godmother drinks it religiously, but I, I never really understood personally why people drank it you know for me it gives me heartburn it upsets my stomach like you feel bloated like you're burping and there's like very little flavor so it's like why even bother so what i i always drank as a kid was just water with fruit steeped in it so you know whether it was strawberries or blueberries or you know lemons or limes or you know nectarines whatever or like an unsweetened iced tea or like a lemonade something along those lines and I realized to me, what was really refreshing about those drinks was the fact that like, you know, it could be a hot summer day. And when I finished mowing the lawn or doing whatever, I could go and take a, like three big swigs of it and it would be super refreshing. Try to do that with a seltzer without your throat, like 
burning a hole in it. Like it's so uncomfortable. Like you can't do it. It's and and that's what the the true refreshment of non-carbonated drinks, whether it's a Propel or a Gatorade or a vitamin water, that's what was really appealing to me. And so I called my friend Rich and I was like, dude, I'm like, this sounds crazy. I'm like, but what if we made a non-carbonated alternative to the hard seltzers? I said for all the people out there who like non-carbonated drinks when they're not drinking alcohol, they don't have any alternative when they're drinking alcohol. And to me, carbonation versus non-carbonation is a preference thing. Like when you go to a restaurant, you're offered either sparkling or still. When you walk down the grocery store aisle, 70-something percent or whatever of the water there of the is non-carbonated. To me, that speaks to consumer preference. So, you know, again, very long-winded way of, of kind of explaining it. No, no, that that – that's amazing. And that gives a lot of depth and insight. Just going back like one, one second, just give the listeners like an idea, something that you had punted on, something that you found that was like high growth, low profit or low growth, high profit that you were just like, yeah, this, you know, it's not, it. I mean, unless you still have something like in the works, you know what I mean? You don't want to have anyone. No, yeah, no, I can give one. Yeah, no, I'm happy to give, I'm happy to give one. So like I was looking at a, kind of like it's hard to explain so i'll give like the very high level description i was looking at an app slash like online platform that was essentially geared towards the younger generation of investors so like with robin hood you we've seen a Mm -hmm. lot of people a lot of like you know younger investors whether it's like teenagers or younger adults who probably wouldn't have dabbled in the stock market previously or or you know, not wouldn't or couldn't have a lot of them are, are investing in nowadays. And like, you know, being a finance guy, I was having friends who had, again, nothing wrong with this, but zero knowledge of, of how a, a, a stock works or zero knowledge of how an equity works. We're investing in incredibly, incredibly risky assets, like incredibly risky assets. And I was like, do you know what you're investing in? And they're like, oh, no, but, and, and I was like, okay, then why are you doing it? You're putting your money at risk. Anyways, anyone can do what they want with their money. But point being, we were going to put together an app or a platform to, to, to assist them, essentially. Again, I think the idea is there. I think the ability to monetize it is incredibly difficult. I think we would have to put a huge amount of capital into developing a user base before we could even think about monetizing it. So that was something that, again, good idea maybe better for somebody else who has the technical knowledge, but probably not for me. Cool, cool. And for all intents and purposes, sounds like you made the right decision, right? And I hope so. Good. And so what is like, what does a normal day look like? Like, what did you, what would you get into today? Today's a Thursday. Looks like you're still hanging out there, you know, according to the background. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the office. Our days, you know, in this time of year are really centered around expansion and Q1 and setting up the, the spring and summer. So I spent time meeting with a strategic partner of ours to discuss, you know, how we're going to activate the brand in our expansion markets. You know, so we're expanding some pretty big states, you know, some states in the Midwest, some states down south. I mean, like distribution, and right? Yep. Correct. Yeah. So right now we're only distributed in New England, Philly, and New Jersey. Got it. And for the, for the listeners who want to check out our product, I highly recommend it. You can go to drinknoka.com or I would check out our Instagram or TikTok drink no, at drinknoka. We actually have a pretty decent TikTok following. It shows a lot of like what we do kind of behind the scenes and stuff. Um, 
but again, we're only distributed there and you can find the product with our store locator, which is super helpful because you can just punch in your zip code and we'll tell you where it's, where it's sold near Sweet. you. But if you're in states outside the Northeast, you'll have to wait until spring of 2022. So yeah, I, I spend, I spend time working on our expansion. You know, I talk to our sales guys. We have, we have three phenomenal sales that work in that maintain our territories. You know, I focus a lot on like our, our sales and execution strategy and like how, how we're actually like performing at retail and I, I deal with our investors. So, you know, we, obviously we have to, we raise capital to fund this business. I deal with our investors and I was also talking, I also talked with our, our lawyers today about the licensing that we need to, to expand to new States. So my job is principally, you know, the sales, the invest legal. And, you know, I work with Alex and Rich, my two business partners, pretty, pretty in line with like expansion strategy, product development, you know, we're coming out with new, new, new products and kind of all that, you know, overarching strategic stuff. Nice. You guys have a tap room? I'm just curious. We don't. That's actually something we've thought about. It would be very, very interesting for us to do that. I would not be surprised if we did that in the next two years. Got it. Not sure if it'll happen because logistics are, you know, it is difficult. You're opening essentially a restaurant right. and, a, and a tap room and we, we have our product packaged, but I definitely think it would be interesting. Nice. Awesome. So again, it's, uh, 6, 17 PM Eastern, Eastern standard time for everyone. You're, you're still there. Like what's, what's the work-life balance? Like, like, are you taking vacations? Are you sleeping? You know, I haven't taken a vacation in three years. I, you know, let me put it this way. I'll be, you know, I'm very honest about how I live my life. I'm very honest about, you know, the realities of being an entrepreneur. I think there's a reason that a lot of people aren't entrepreneurs. I think it's a lifestyle that not many people can handle candidly. I, and again, also keep in mind, everybody handles being an entrepreneur differently. My perspective on being an entrepreneur is I would much rather leave it all in the field. And, you know, after, you know, a few years, three, five, 10 years, whatever, if I end up failing, I can at least look back and say, shit, I gave it my all. I think Kobe Bryant actually like a, a some quote that I, I, I really liked. And like, he was talking about how, like, you know, he's just non, like he, he's going 24 seven or he was rest in peace. He was going 24 seven. And, you know, it's like, I want to look back on my time, you know, running this company and, say I gave everything I possibly had, you know, bur not going to burn out obviously, but you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't take excessive time to myself. I, you know, I, I have time on the weekends that I, I relax, you know, me and my roommate hang out. I'll go see my dad in New Hampshire. I'll hang out with friends, but Monday through Monday through Thursday, I'm working a lot. Friday, you to take the evening to, to hang out, watch some TV, you know, Hopefully we'll go see the new Spider-Man movie soon. <laughs> and drink um, some Noka. God damn it. Right? Yeah. Oh, trust me. I have plenty at my house. But yeah, I mean, I would say Monday, through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, probably working like 8 a.m. until like midnight or so. And then Thursdays, I was in a kickball league, which is fun. Not anymore because it's cold, but <laughs> right. that would get me out. I mean, again, it's all, it's all kind of about like delegation of time, right? As long as you get the stuff done, that's all that really matters. The hard part about being an entrepreneur is there's always more to do. You know, if you're in a traditional nine to five job, 
you can always do more theoretically, but you don't necessarily feel the intrinsic like internal pressure to, to constantly be performing and, and, and growing. When you're an entrepreneur, you own what you're doing. You own every facet of what you're doing. So it's very, it's almost odd, but you know, I talk to my, I talk to my business partners about this all the time, but you know, when you're, when you're not working, you're thinking, what, what else should I be doing? Yeah. And, and, and being mindful meditating is, is very important in terms of maintaining mental balance and ensuring that that doesn't become a toxic part of your life. Good, good. It's, it's good to hear that. Sounds like there's, you know, you're, there's a little bit of, you know, mental stability and your, you know, regeneration and all that stuff there, which is, which is great. You know, everyone needs to take some time for themselves or, or again, to your point, you'll get burned out and you know, you don't want that because oh, yeah. you want to, you want to keep the train going. So where, where do you feel like a, you need the most help and, and be like, if you're in a position to, to do so, like you can delegate and be like, you know what? I trust you. You got this. So we definitely need, I would say the most help in, I would say sales and marketing sales are our sales guys do an incredible job of, of maintaining the accounts, but you know, it's only three guys and you know, seven States. So obviously like you can always use more salespeople. And I would say, also marketing in the sense that marketing is very, marketing is a constantly evolving beast. You know, it was just a few years ago that influencers was a few years ago is relative, but it, it wasn't too long ago that influencers was like new on the scene. And you know, that was the way that's, it still is a lot of the way to market. Uh, and it was super effective because, right. Because, you know, you weren't, you were hearing a quote unquote testimony from somebody that you had, that you gave credibility to nowadays, at least from, in my opinion, you know, we, we use influencers, but we use it in a different way. And I think that like, when I see, I don't know, you know, pick your poison, like a rod or shack or, you know, some, or even like somebody who's on the bachelor or somebody who's on, you know, Bravo TV, when I see them post with a product, I think a lot of people do what I do, which is just scroll past because you know, it's just a paid ad and it's not, it's not, right. doesn't have the credibility that we used to assign. Yeah, yeah. It, yep. Right. Like when I see nowadays, what I think is effective is getting people who aren't influencers to post because that's when you have somebody who says, okay, I'm going to put my social neck on the line per se. You know, they're, they're putting themselves up for judgment by their peers on social media by posting a product that they stand behind. So if somebody's willing to do that, then chances are that's a pretty damn good product. Yeah. Gen genuine, organic. I love it. Yeah, for sure. So you obviously consider yourself a leader, right? I, I'd like to think yeah. so. <laughs> I've, I've always kind of, I feel like I've always just gotten stuck in the position or <laughs> I mean, it happens. I just get like kind of thrown into it. But I mean, I think that people become leaders by doing. Yeah. And, and, you know, some, some of the things about leadership are, you know, you, you die on that hill, right? So yeah. what about leadership, you know, sort of erodes at you where it's like, you know, are you open to criticism? You know, can, can, can people say, mm, here's some constructive feedback that, you know, that you take, you know, well, or don't take well, like, what is, what does that look like in, in, in terms of like personality strengths and weaknesses? What, what do you... Yeah, no, you feel? honestly, it's, it's, it's a really good question. What I would say to that is I would say there are definitely people in this world who think I'm not good at that, 
But what I would say to any of them is I don't, I, I am always, always, always open to feedback and Chris constructive criticism. My mentality on personal and professional life is to constantly be evolving. I think that that's, I don't, I think being stagnant is, is the, the kiss of death in, in many ways. So I'm always looking to improve myself when I have issues with feedback is when it's, when it's grounded in either misinformation, lack of information, or some sort of emotional, you know, uh, emotional issue. Per yeah, se. I gotcha. So when I, when I make any recommendation or, you know, when I say, Hey, I think this, I think that my thoughts are not based. Like I always do my research. I always think through things. I always have a reasoning as to why a logical reasoning as to why I recommend something. I think that that's not necessarily true. I mean, again, I, I say always, you can't really speak in absolutes. I, I'm sure there are times I haven't, but I would say 99.9% of the time, if you ask me, why do I think something, I can give you a logical reason. I can say because of X, Y, and Z. And I think that's the best way to make recommendations or make decisions. What I can say for, for other people, at least based on, you know, the interactions I have or have had is that there's a lot of people out there who, you know, make emotion-based decisions. They say, I'm going to let my emotions override my logic and make this decision based on ego or make this decision based on pride, make this recommendation based on X, X and X and X and X, whatever, because, you know, they, they aren't able to separate the logical side of things and the, you know, emotional side of things. And that's where I, that's what, that's the only time I have issue. I do. I am, (laughs) I am known to have a temper. I, something that meditation and mindfulness has helped with a lot, but I would say that I am constantly working on ways to improve how I perceive things, how I look at things, how I absorb things, how I react to things. When you have, when you run a business, you talk to a lot of people or when you're involved with a startup, you talk to a lot of people. Every person is going to be different and chances are there's going to be bad news thrown at you every day. Your ability to react to that bad news in the in a proper manner and in in a manner that is best for your business is it's not a it's not a desire, it's a requirement. Love it. Love it that you're de- you're data driven cuz cuz it's important. I mean, you're 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 a finance guy, you're, you know, dealing in in numbers and math and, you know, those decisions are really really important than you know, dealing strategically on hunches and uh, you know sometimes yeah, and, that happens if, no for sure and and one thing that i would recommend for your for your listeners a book that explains kind of my perspective on this is called blink if you if you haven't read it it's by malcolm gladwell it talks about how we absorb information a lot a lot a lot of information and then our brains make split second decisions He's good. so i think like when you when you're an entrepreneur you're doing lots and lots and lots and lots of things you're learning lots and lots and lots of things and what you start to do is you start to make snap decisions based off of all that experience. And I think that in, in trusting your gut and trusting those things is also part of, I think, again, like when I make decisions, it's based off of logic or it's based off of things I've learned 
throughout all of those experiences, but just a recommendation. I like Malcolm Gladwell. I read another, I haven't read that, but I read another one of his books and uh, he does have an excellent, would you read outliers? I read outliers. Yep. And he has an excellent podcast. You know, we, you know, revisionist revisionist history, history, we don't, we don't discriminate here. We, we like to support other podcasts that are good. So, Hey, you gotta, you gotta re- game recognize game. Exactly. Right? I mean, he's, he's the best of the exactly. best. So you talked, you talked about knowing and, and talking to a lot of, a lot of people. So what, how often and and what are you doing as, as far as networking? Is it like conferences? Is it, you know, festivals? Like what is, what does that look like in terms of kind of spreading the word for NOCA and then, you know, brand recognition for yourself and, and for your business partners? Yeah, we, we do, we'll do like events and, and festivals and, and all sorts of things like to promote the brand, like to network the brand in that sense. Like, you know, we'll, we haven't gone to any trade shows yet. Candidly, you know, we heard mixed reviews on how people thought they were going to be this year due to COVID. And so, and obviously last year there was none. So we haven't done any, fe- any excuse me, festivals, and we haven't done any trade shows or conferences like that. The way that, the way that I network or the way that, you know, I think me and my business partners network like pretty consistently is just through the industry. So one, one piece of advice that I always give that I think a lot of people don't take, and this was actually given to me years ago, is every conversation you have with somebody who's like, you know, value add to you or knowledgeable in some form or fashion is to ask, Hey, is there anybody else in your circle who you'd recommend I speak with, or you'd rec- or you think I'd benefit from speaking with? I can tell you right now, when, when I have people reach out to me, 99.999% of people do not do this. And it is the most fatal stake of networking. Every single person you talk to, you should at the end of their conversation say, Hey, is there anybody in your network you think I'd benefit benefit from the amount of people you will meet through doing that is staggered. I, most, a lot of the people I've met over the years, whether it's in finance or, or, or beverages, or, I mean, you name it, entrepreneurs, whoever has been not the first person I reach out to, but a friend of the person I reached out to or the friend of the connection. And if you leave a good impression with somebody, they're usually going to say yes. And if they leave, if you leave a bad impression with somebody, they're still going to say yes, and then just not connect you. So you might as well just freaking ask. Love it. Love it. Love it. So you know, take heed listeners. Don't, don't be afraid to make that extra push to, you know, open up and broaden your network because people are more than, than happy and willing to do it. So excellent piece of feedback and advice. Fortune favors the bold. You got to ask. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions about how 2021 went for you. Just give me an idea of like the highest high of this year and, and the lowest low. And, you know, kind of how, how those came about and what you're looking towards for 2022. The highest high of 2021, man. <laughs> I got to say this, this, this is, this is a little bit unique, I would say, because let me put it this way. I'll also say to everybody out there who's listening, being an entrepreneur, you will experience the highest highs in the lowest lows you have ever experienced. That's what, that's part of what makes it the, a unique experience. I would say the highest high for 2021 was probably our Halloween boat party. So and if, if you should check it out, go, go on our, our, either our Instagram or TikTok. We, we were going to have a Halloween party at our office in South Boston. 
And we essentially just put on like Eventbrite and we're like, Hey, let's, let's get Let's get a ton of people together. A ton meaning like a handful, but let's get a decent amount of people together. Let's have a friggin' blast. We'll drink some Nokas. We'll play music. We'll get dressed up. We'll ha- we'll do all the fun shit. And it sold out like so quick. And so we actually had a connection with a guy who owned this like huge, this like mega yacht in Boston Harbor. And it was, it's, it's like one of those mega yachts where you buy tickets and it's not like a personal yacht. It's like a mega yacht where you buy tickets and has, has two bars, you know, it goes out into the harbor on cruises every, like, you know, every day, every night. And so we were like, Hey, we're like, can we throw our Halloween party on your yacht? And he was like, absolutely. And so we then, we, we had sold out the event already. So we had, I think 350 tickets is 350 people is the capacity of this yacht. And so, you know, between myself my two business partners and, you know, an in, a couple of inf- an influencer who I'll mention in a minute, we, we saved like, I don't know, whatever, 10, 15, 20 tickets for ourselves. So we had to, we had to sell 330, 325 tickets. We sold it out in like four or five days. It went like crazy. Nice. And so we, there's videos on our, on our TikTok. It was pretty wild. It was honestly insane. We partied all night and it was a, it was on a yacht in Boston Harbor with DJs and two turn Tony. I don't know if you know him. He has like 13 something million followers on TikTok. He's like a mega influencer at this point. He flew out for it and we just partied with him and his crew and and 320 people all night. That's dope. And it was awesome. it was wild. Nice. Yeah. And so that was, That's, that was probably the highest <laughs> high. The lowest low was probably the next day, the hangover, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, legal disclosure, this is not scientifically proven, but I actually, like, I almost, I never get hangovers from NOCA. It's insane. My bit, we talk about, me and my business partners talk about this. I don't know, like, why it is, but, like, none of us get hangovers. Mm. And our friends don't either. The lowest low, I can't disclose what it was, but a potential business partnership fell through. Um, it was a really, it, it was a, it was a big bummer. That was, that mm. was really, really tough. But again, that's part of being an entrepreneur, man, is, is just grinding. I saw a strength coach from some college football team and he said, he said, winning is sprinting and not knowing how long you have to run. And I was like, shit, dude. I'm like, that is facts. I'm like the amount of, like the amount of times we've hit brick walls, the amount of times we've heard no, the amount of times we've like run into shit and just gotten our teeth kicked in is uncountable, but we get up every day and we continue sprinting. And that's, you know, that's, that's being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that's, that's why you're here. That's why you, that's why you're doing the do, doing the damn thing, right? hundred percent. Let me, uh, let me get some, some quick personal favorites out of you before we rack a wrap up. What, what's Let's your favorite small business right now? My favorite small business. My favorite small business. I mean, obviously, besides your own. That is a great question. I've never really thought about that. Like anywhere you're, vi- you're visiting? Honestly, I know this sounds okay. like this is really general, but I love local coffee mm, shops. Mm-hmm. Like there's one there's one in Newmarket, New Hampshire, that where my dad lives called Crack Skulls. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. It's so great. That's probably up there. Let me think about okay. that. Okay. I would have to say that one. There's Honestly, there's so many, right? It's like, you know, I have – there's a, a, a family friend who started a charcuterie business that's super cool. You know, I met – uh, a nice young lady who started like a, a t- like a, a tea, like it's like those teas and those proteins, like a drink bar. I love all that stuff. Shout out to entrepreneurs. For sure. What's, what's a, a product that you recommend that you've been using lately? 
Oh, great question. Let me actually think about that for a second. Oh, you know what? 100% this. I got my brother's girlfriend got me this for Christmas. This is a great socking stuffer. It's a pop socket, but it has Burt's Bees chapstick in it. Oh, wow. So you can like, I don't know if you can hear this, but like, yeah, you can like pop it open and close. And I use chapstick religiously. And that is so, so, so clutch. Love it. Awesome. Also, Yetis are so great. I mean, yeah, we have like, huge we have like three phenomenal products. Yeah, it's an amazing product. Love it. Yeah, dude. It's, it's the best. I, I have my dad stole my biggest Yeti. But I have I have like two of them, and oh my god, I it's I I don't know what I would do without it. Great, great. And what what's your favorite app right now? Yeah. App like phone yeah. app. All right, so here's another. I'm gonna get entrepreneurial again. There's an app called Flipboard. F l f l i p b o a r d. I would so recommend that to anybody who's either interested in being an entrepreneur or candidly just wants to learn some shit. It's so great because what you can do is it's essentially like news and articles that you can, you can set by category. So like I, like some of my categories are entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, cannabis, beverages, finance, startups. You could do like crypto. You could, you, you could do sports. Golf is one of mine. You name it. Christmas. I don't know. You freaking pick something and you set it and it, and, and you, every time you go on, it has new articles or new, like news article, news stories based off of that. So like, I'll go on and I'll just read for like, you know, 20 minutes about, you know, all sorts of new cannabis businesses or new, new articles on cannabis, or I'll, I'll read about like, you know, I, I'll read about like golf and stuff like that. And it's like, it's nice to, it's nice to go on and you can like flip article to article. And one of my mentors actually, you know, <laughs> will send each other flipboard articles because it's like, you know, when you're going on, like, I mean, if I open the wall street journal right now, it'd probably, you know, it would take me, I don't know, 15 minutes to actually find an article that interested mm-hmm. me. But with this, I go on and I can find anything immediately. I, I massively recommend that to people all the time. Nice. Everyone out there. Check out Flipboard. Check out the Flipboard app. It's huge. It, it'll it literally. It, and the greatest part about it is like, so quick, quick side tangent. But like, you know, a huge. I think a huge thing that people could do to help themselves as entrepreneurs and also just like personally develop is like take time off of social media that you could spend elsewhere. So like, don't get me wrong. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat, Facebook, whatever. And I go on there plenty, but like, even if you just decrease the amount, the, the quantity of the amount of times you go on per day by one, think about that. That could be like 10 minutes a day. That's 70 minutes a week. That's, you know, three, 3,500 minutes a year. I mean, what's that? That's 50 hours. Is that right? No, I don't know. Something like that. But point being like, that's a huge amount of time that you can get back. And even in, but the problem is most cycles are really hard to break because you need to replace that thing with something else. So what I started doing and what I recommend to people to do is, you know, just once or twice a day, when you're going to go on Instagram, go on Flipboard instead and just read Mm -hmm. something like read an art, like all sorts of stuff comes up on entrepreneurs. Like they, you know, ink articles, Forbes articles, articles are usually locked because you have to have subscriptions to the website. You can read this stuff and it goes through like the top 10 things that Warren Buffett recommends, you know, three things Elon Musk said, you know, help him focus like the key to being more efficient when you're working late, 
all sorts of shit. It, it's it's really, really, really a great resource. Great. I'm glad that you recommended it. That is the end of the lightning round, I guess. I just made that up, so Joel, Joel can steal it if <laughs> I, he wants I, to. I know. That's a, that's a, good, uh, that's a good name. <laughs> nice little segment. You're welcome, Joel, if you can have it. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you a couple more things, to, you know, just to kind of wind down and, you know, set the table for 2022 and beyond. What is What is the exit strategy? Like, what's the, you know, Noka is crushing it. You know, what is the, what's the North star? Like, what is that looking like? Like big, big, big um, picture. You know, there, there's no real way to know. Yeah. I would say, you know, obviously we can, I, I love growing this business. I, you know, we have an absolute blast with it. It's, it's fun. Like I work my ass off every day, but I enjoy it. Um, you know, if, if there was a, a put an acquisition potential, I, you know, obviously we would, we would, we would entertain mm-hmm. that. I do think that, I do think an acquisition eventually would be very interesting in the sense that, you know, you could, we could, we could, we could work for the next 40 years and this brand theoretically may never grow across, across the whole country or into all the stores that we want it to be. You know, if there was ever a, a, a time and a place where a large company said, Hey, I'd like to buy this business, you know, aside from the, you know, the payday, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're given the opportunity to take, to grow a brand that you created across to a level that would take you decades. And I think that's, I think that in itself is, is very rewarding. Great. 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 You've given a lot of good nuggets to the listeners. Any final piece of advice for entrepreneurs or, or anyone struggling at work, anyone looking to get out or just looking for something else? Yeah, I I would say two things. Um, So the first thing I would say is, is always be focused on progress. The problem that a lot of people have is they're constantly counting the money in other people's wallets and they're constantly measuring their success against others. The key to happiness is not, is not like meeting is not hitting a benchmark. It's progress. Whether you're, I'll make something, whether you're overweight and you want to lose weight, you know, you don't, you're not going to be happy the moment you have washboard abs. You're going to be happy after, you know, a week when you've successfully not eaten fried chicken or, or, you know, chocolate and you've worked out three times because that's progress. The progress is what makes you feel happy. So whether it's, whether, you know, it's somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur and at the time can only, excuse me, can only do stuff after hours or it's an entrepreneur that feels stagnant and, and stuck, the key to feeling better about this stuff and to actually, you know, having having that intrinsic happiness is just progress and progress takes every shape and size. And that's why the, the, the worst thing you can do is compare to other people because you're always going to find people that are worse than you. They're all, you're always going to find people that are better than you. So I, you know, I would focus on your own personal progress and, and, and use that to, to, to build momentum. And that's the next thing I would mention is, is building momentum. Building momentum is incredibly important. And, you know, Joe Rogan talks about it a bit, but like, some entrepreneurs don't even like taking, you know, weekends off because they lose momentum. And if you can build momentum, maintaining that momentum is, it, it will, will do wonders. You will be accomplished so much. You'll be so happy with yourself and you'll really, you'll feel fulfilled. And I know I've been ranting a lot, so I'll, I'll wrap it up there. It's funny, you know, little plug really quickly, but you know, I've been, I, I was, I've been asked to like, you know, go to back to UNH and talk to students and like, 
and, and just kind of give perspective because, you know, I'm 28. I, you know, I quit my, my very lucrative job in finance to, to do this. And, you know, I'm happy as I could possibly be in working with two of my best friends. And I, I also, I'm, I'm very blunt with my perspective and I've, I've had experiences with, I've, I've had experiences getting a job that somebody, you know, University of New Hampshire is an absolutely phenomenal school, but investment banks typically only recruit from like very mm-hmm. top tier, like Wharton's uh, and the you know, Ivy Leagues yeah, yeah. or, or top tier business yep. schools. And so I was very fortunate to get a job that, you know, traditionally they didn't recruit at UNH. And, you know, so I'm asked a lot for like perspective on, you know, students, recent graduates, professions, resumes, starting businesses moving jobs, getting a new job, interviewing all sorts of shit. And so I actually, I was convinced to make a TikTok where I would answer like all of like the common questions I get. Cause I get a lot of the same questions pretty frequently. And if, you know, Joel, you know, if you guys are interested in, in giving it a look, it's at Galen hand, G A L E N H A N D. And if there's more questions that, you know, that people want answers to or want perspective on, I'm, I'm always happy to give it. And you know, let me put it this way. You're going to get a lot of bullshit from people out there and people are going to sugarcoat things and, and, you know, kind of tell you what you want to hear. It's, that's not how I play. Perfect. I think that that was a nice segue into the, the, the last piece is, you know, anything that you want to plug, obviously you want to plug NOCA. If you want to plug your, you know, anything that your business partners, you know, their TikToks or, you know, Instagrams or whatever, please do it here. Where, where can everyone find you on the web? Where, you know, if you, if you want to give out your, the address to, you know, NOCA's headquarters and all that stuff, you know, this is, now's the time, anything that you want to push. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So NOCA's headquarters is in South Boston. If people want the exact address, we do do a lot of events here. We throw like, you know, in the, in the spring and summer, we do, you know, we call Saturdays, which is Saturday afternoons and we do day drinks out in the, in the, I would reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok at drink NOCA. I can look up my I only know one of my business partners, TikToks. It's like, hold on. Mine is, mine is at Galen Hand, G-A-L-E-N-H-A-N-D. It's all good. What, what, uh, what are names? I'm sure people can, can, you know, find them on LinkedIn. Uh, and- Alex Fabonio, A-L-E-X-F-E-B-O-N-I-O, and Rich Roy, R-I-C-H-R-O-Y. And my Instagram, for anybody who's interested, is Galen, G-A-L-E-N dot hand, H-A-N. I would just say like, honestly, like we're, you know, we're three young entrepreneurs. If you live in New England or, or Philly or Jersey, like give our product a try, shoot us a DM, you know, mention that you heard this on the podcast, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll mail you a hat or, you know, a koozie or something like that, or a t-shirt and, you know, just appreciate you supporting, you know, three young entrepreneurs that are trying to do something a bit different. Excellent. Excellent. Support Alex, Rich, Galen. I think I got that right, right? That's correct. uh, Drink Noka. I'm really, really excited to, you know, get down there in person and support and and meet you guys in person. You know, I'm a, I'm a Bostonian, grew up there. I'm right outside the city in Waltham, you know, moved there with my wife, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff, you know, events wise, I have a big event that happens in Somerville over the course of the summer called called Summerfest, but you know there's there's going to be some room for expansion as well and uh, you know my the attendees and patrons are are young drinkers and you know there's there might be a little bit of you know a little little bit of overlap in in terms of you know some some synergy at play so kudos to you guys props and it was great having you on the moonlanders club for galen for noka 
for Joel, my name is Survival. It was a pleasure to host, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thank you, man. Take it easy.